Have you ever dreamed of one day owning your own business, but just don't know where to begin? Then you've tuned into the right show. On All Things Franchising, you will hear from top national franchisers, successful franchisees, attorneys, CPAs, and others who support this fast-growing business model. So grab a cup of coffee and pen and notepad, because you will want to capture the invaluable information you hear on today's show. And now, here is your host, Linda Ballesteros. Hey folks, welcome to All Things Franchising. This is Linda Ballesteros, and I am your host today. Thanks so much for finding time out of your busy day to spend with me. You know, these days we have so many irons in the fire, so to speak, and I'm always honored when someone finds time to spend with me. So today we're going to be talking about a topic that is not specific to franchise, uh, but it is specific to business owners. I read an article recently. The title of the article was Why Small Business Owners Need an Estate Plan. So that's going to be our topic today. The article read like this, running a small business can keep you busy, but it should not keep you from creating an estate plan. While an estate plan is important for everyone, it's especially important for small business owners. Planning allows you to dictate what will happen with your business after you die or are no longer able to manage it. And I love that because, again, people think of estate planning as just being that will or that, uh, that plan for once the owner has passed away. But there are many cases where that owner is incapacitated. So my guest today is Jessica Reimer, and Jessica is an attorney who specializes in trust and estate planning, probate, elder law, business entity formation and planning, including tax-exempt entities, and boy, don't we want to know about that. She works with individuals, families, and businesses to achieve their financial family and charitable goals. Please help me in welcoming Jessica to the show. Jessica, I am so glad you're here today. Thank you for having me, Linda. I'm happy to be here. Well, I am so glad you're here because I do believe that this is an area that sometimes business owners kind of put to the back burner because they're so busy um, growing their business, they forget to plan and, and create those plans for the future when it comes to estate planning and wills. Before we get started with that, Jessica, talk to me a little bit about why did you decide to become an attorney and why did you decide to specialize in this area? Well, this is very interesting because I actually started law school when I worked with J.P. Morgan Chase. I worked in the trust area, uh, really was corporate trust at that time, not private trust business. And I had a manager, and it was tax, taxation of, of real estate investment um, conduits, REMICs, they were called. 
And I had a manager, and she probably don't realize how influential she was. And I may have told her before in my attending, wanting to go to law school in the first place. And really it was tax. I love the tax law so much that that spurred my interest into going to law school. I loved doing the research. I love the various, all of the sections of the tax law. And it was really strange because who does that, right? Who, who, who loves it? Who loves something like that? And she encouraged me so much, especially when it came time um, for research. Her name is Cindy Siegel. Cindy, if you're listening, hey, mm-hmm. thank you very much. Um, and that spurred my interest in going to law school and wanting to become an attorney. And so at first I wanted to become a tax attorney. And actually when I started my practice, my private practice, I didn't start my private practice until 2014. Before that, I had been out of law school for years prior to that and just worked in general corporate America. But I started my practice in 2014. And the way I came about doing probate and estate planning and trust work really just came to me. That's all of the clients I started to get. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Really, so it just kind, of, just kind of fell in my lap. My mm-hmm. very first client, I had two clients that, that really kind of just set the path for me. My first client, her dad, this is a person I worked with for years prior, my very first job at American General Valic Insurance Variable Annuity Life Insurance Company. She called when she found out that I was starting my own practice. Her dad had passed away, and she was having some issues with the probate, the administration of her dad's estate. And it's because her dad had a simple will. He did have a will. That's the good part. Mm -hmm. The will was not probated as a regular will, meaning that it did not have to go through all of the administration process because it was probated as something called a muniment of title. And so they had some property that was community property. Her dad left property that was community property. And her dad and her mom had this property together. Her mom had predeceased her dad when the probate laws were different. And hmm. so then when he died, the, 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 total, the totality of the real properties involved did not just belong to him. And so that was my very first foray into the probate area. And then I started getting more probate clients, and it just happened. And I did not get my first tax client until year three of my practice. Before <laughs> that, that is that is funny because and and Jessica, that's funny because sometimes we think 
that our business is going to look a certain way, but um, it ends up being a little bit different. So we have to be flexible in that. Um, so, yeah. you know, when, when you're talking about growing your business, I'm sure people out there are thinking, you know, I kind of went down some of that same route thinking that this was going to be my area of expertise, but it wasn't. But as you're talking about this, it still does impact taxes. It does. Absolutely. Tax affects everything, mm-hmm. every single thing. And so these days, I don't focus so much on tax as I do in other areas, but tax affects everything. And so my tax background has become so important to my practice because it enables me to see things that other attorneys might not be able to see. Sure. Particularly when you're doing estate planning and particularly if you have assets that are above the estate exemption limit, Mm. which is over $12 million this year, going to be $12.9 million next year. So you definitely have to plan. And a lot of small businesses may not have that much, but then a lot of them do as well. Because, you know, what constitutes a small business? Mm-hmm. It can mm-hmm. vary. Mm-hmm. And so tax always affects you, no matter what. If you are a sole proprietor or you have an LLC or you have a partnership or you have a corporation and you are an escort, you have elected to be an escort, tax affects you. And one of the reasons why you choose the entity that you choose in your business is because of tax issues. So mm-hmm. it's always there. It's always present. Sure, sure. So when someone is thinking about, um, you know, oh, should I, should I focus on uh, creating the will and, and really talking to an attorney about estate planning, tell me, Jessica, why is that so important? Well, it's, it's very important because, number one, you have built a business and you want to protect it, you want to preserve it, you want to leave a legacy. You didn't build it just so it can disappear. And so you've got to protect it. So when we're talking about an estate plan, um, people see that those words and they think it's something grandiose. It's really not. It's simple. We're talking about having a will because when you pass away, this document will dictate what happens to your business and your assets, personal and business, then we're talking about having a financial or durable power of attorney document, which is so important because if you become incapacitated, you appoint an agent through this document who can take care of your financial matters, um, for example, and sign checks for your business if you aren't able to do so then you need to also have a medical power of attorney or directives to physician. The directives really um, tell the doctors or the medical personnel, what do you want happen if you were to become incapacitated? I mean, to put it crudely, do you want to pull the plug or do you want to hold on if you were 
to become comatose or something like that. Mm-hmm. Your medical power of attorney is important because then you appoint that person or an agent, as we call them, to make your medical decisions for you in case you cannot. So those are very important. Then you have trust, which is totally, you know, it's, it's, it's in the same realm, but you decide whether you want to create a trust. And when we're talking about trust, you think about it as a box that you put items in. You put your assets in this box. Then you appoint someone to take care of that box of assets. So do you want that trust to be revocable, meaning that you can change it or amend it at any time? Or do you want it to be irrevocable? You cannot change it without a court order. And so these are important. So it's important for small businesses because, like I said, you want to ensure that the success of your business, even while you are gone, you want to ensure the success. You worked hard to build it. So you want that legacy to pass on. And so when you take the steps of having a will, having a power of attorney, both financial and medical, having a trust done, and that's optional. And we're going to talk a little bit more about why you would do that in, in later on. When you take these steps, then you can preserve that. And so along those lines, we forget also as small business owners to protect our, I should say, your most important assets, which are your employees. And so mm-hmm. when we, we need to talk about key person life insurance. It used to be called key man life insurance mm-hmm. a long time ago, but because we've got to, you have to change that because it's not just a man yeah. anymore. Right. And so key person, along with your own personal life insurance and your disability insurance, which you should have, as well as umbrella insurance coverages, you should have. But what if someone in your business that you consider indispensable? What if you have someone that you consider indispensable? Someone who would be extremely difficult to replace if something were to happen to them. You know, someone once said, uh, the graveyards are filled with indispensable men. Oh, wow. Really? Think Uh about that. And so for a small business in particular, the loss of a key person is significant. And so business owners cannot protect the business from the loss of human capital. You can certainly protect the business from financial consequences of such a loss through the purchase of key person insurance. And all that is is a standard insurance policy that's owned by the business, the premiums are paid by the business, the proceeds are paid to the business in the event that key person dies or becomes incapacitated. So when we're thinking about estate planning, you also have to bring in those other matters that you may not ordinarily think that's part of an estate plan. Mm -hmm. The insurance factor is very, very important here as well. So, Jessica, when you're talking about key person insurance, 
that's, that would be for a company of a significant size, or does that apply to really a, a small business? I'm self-employed, so I don't have any employees necessarily. But your uh, key person insurance would be something if you had employees and you had um, maybe someone who who carried a bulk of the knowledge to run the business, right? Well, yeah, it's a person that's key to the success of the, the company. It could okay. be someone that created um, something that you use in your business every day. Um, you know, think about, you know, in a large person setting, in a large company setting, that person might be the CEO or the founder or creator of mm-hmm. Steve Jobs or Bezos uh, mm-hmm. or somebody like that. We know that they are key. But you have other persons that are also key. And in a small business, you may have 10 employees. Let's say you have a computer engineering company, um, just saying this for example, mm-hmm. and you have one person who has created much of the content or, or much of the whatever it is that they create. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But suppose you lost that person. Okay, you cannot prevent the loss of a human, but you can prevent the economic loss and the hit to your company, at least, mm. that give you time to search for another talent. Right? I see. I so see. that, that um, economic cushion, so to speak, gives you the opportunity to, you may want to retool your business because mm. this key person died or became disabled, mm. and you may not be able to continue it as you had before. And so mm-hmm. this allows you to, while you mourn, to meet your day-to-day expenses because some, mm. sometimes things shut down. Mm-hmm. And so it yeah. allows you that room to breathe, and you can recruit new talent and maybe change the perspective of what was going on, change the, where the business is headed. Mm. You may have because otherwise, <clears throat> otherwise, um, the loss of a key person could create some financial hardships on the company, right? Absolutely. And um, like I said before, the most important asset is your people. Mm-hmm. Um, but we don't think about it like that as businesses. No, we insure all of our other assets. We insure our buildings or our automobiles. Right. But we often overlook purchasing key person insurance for the persons that are critical to the business success. Mm-hmm. Well, like I mentioned, I'm self-employed. So what would I do differently than a company that has multiple employees? Okay. We're a self-employed individual, and like I am, I am as well. And so it becomes even more important to have an estate plan in place. It becomes even more important to have your will or a trust or your, and your power of attorney documents and your directives. That is the case for every business owner, whether you are self-employed employed or not. But in addition, you should also get long-term care insurance disability insurance, 
beef up your life insurance and make sure you have a payable on death designation on all of your mm, accounts, right. business and personal. And the same questions are more important, right? Do you want your business, what do you want to happen to your business after you pass? Do you want your business to continue? Do you have a person who you can nominate who can take care of loose ends and close down the business if it does not continue? And mm-hmm. does that person know how to do it? Mm-hmm. So you need to have someone now that you can kind of train. They may not need to know everything, every facet of the business, but they need to know what to do in case these things happen, at least to tie up the loose ends. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. it's important to have a um, a succession plan in place, and this is important for every business as well. But even more important for a self-employed individual, you are the only employee. You are it. You are the business. So you, it's important to have a written plan. Write it down. Prepare the persons around you. And sometimes, you know, self-employed individuals may not have a trusted colleague or a trusted family member or a friend who they can talk to about their business. And so then if you cannot, then seek out your counsel, your your legal counsel, your mm-hmm. CPA. Those are your best friends, those two persons. Mm-hmm. And so it becomes important to write down your plan. What do you want happen after you pass? If you become disabled, what happens? You have to have a business succession plan. Everybody needs to do that, especially if you are the business. It's just you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and that's, that's making my brain whirl, <laughs> Jessica. My brain is whirling here <laughs> thinking, oh, my gosh. And, and something as simple as passwords, I'm the only one yes. that knows my passwords. So, yes, you know, exactly. Is, is all of that part of the plan as well? Well, absolutely, because if you get locked out, a person can't yeah. do anything if they can't access your yeah. stuff, right? And mm-hmm. so as part of your estate plan, you need to take care of writing down and putting it in a vault or however you need to protect it. But someone needs to know those passwords. Mm -hmm. If you have to put it in a safe deposit box and give that person access, make sure Mm -hmm. they're listed on that safe deposit box agreement so they can access that, then do whatever you feel you have to do. But that's all part of it. And I'm so glad you brought that up, Linda, because it it, it becomes um, so important to know those passwords. I've had many cases where clients died along with their passwords. Wow. And you cannot access. Right. Um, now it may be a little better with companies. I know for Apple, for sure, you're not getting that Apple password. Right. And so it's important to write down, and along that, those lines, change your passwords often. Mm-hmm. And every time you change it, make sure the person knows that you, that person that you choose who can take over your business, make sure you let that person know every time. Yeah. Wow. 
Wow. Yes, yeah, so it's um, important. Glad you brought that up. Well, and and those are just some of the intricacies that I'm sure you walk all of your candidates, your clients through, because uh, we may not even know what all of those pieces are that we need to keep track of. But I tell you what, uh, Jessica, I need to take a quick commercial break here, but. When we come back, would you happen to have some of those stories that you could share with us? I've got a few, yes, I do. (laughs) Very good. Well, folks, uh, we need to take a real quick commercial break. And when we come back, we will hear more from Jessica Reimer about why it's important for you as a small business owner to have an estate plan in place. House Talk Radio. Join Tony and Wendy Gambone on House Talk Radio, where they talk all things house. From tips on home repairs and remodeling to best practices on buying and selling a home, hiring contractors, home loans, and insurance, as well as decorating ideas and how to get the most bang for your buck. If you would like more information about House Talk Radio, go to housetalkradio.com. Tune in every Thursday morning at 9 a.m. to Tough Talk Christian Radio with Tony Gambone. Tough Talk Christian Radio is for those who want to share and receive expressions of faith that will help you take the next step in your relationship with Christ. Listen in to hear from others about their experiences of faith and the love of Christ. Call in to share your experiences at 347-989-1363. Learn more by going to toughtalkchristianradio.com. Are you dreaming of owning your own business but just don't know where to begin? The wait is now over. Linda Ballesteros is a catalyst to becoming a business owner through franchising. Whether you are looking to create a living that will allow you to leave corporate America, change your lifestyle, allowing you to enjoy the fun things in life, or if you're looking to build a legacy that will support your family for years to come, contact Linda today to start the process of being your own boss. Linda at EmpowerFranchiseConsulting.com, 832-640-4922. Hey, folks, welcome back to All Things Franchising. Linda Ballesteros here, and we're talking to Jessica Reimer, and she is an attorney, and she specializes in estate planning and trust and works with small business owners as well. And when we broke for commercial break, Jessica, I ask if you happen to have some stories that you could share with us. I do. Um you know, there are so many stories out there that don't end well. Mm-hmm. And I try to, in in my work, my daily work, I try to prepare my clients for the eventual as much as possible, and that's when I'm doing the estate plan. But, you know, I have stories where clients of mine no client, these are not clients of mine. And they became my, their families came to me to probate their estate. And I have a particular case that I'm thinking about where what the client who had a janitorial business, he was the sole proprietor. He wasn't married, didn't have any kids. Parents had died. He had five siblings, so and no will. 
and um, a bank account with no payable on death. So what happens? You have to probate the business, and it becomes super expensive to do that, more expensive than if you had a will, because then you have to do what's called a determination of airship proceeding. That's when the court determines first who the heirs are, then appoint someone to administer that person's estate. So then you have a fight in between the five siblings, which one is going to be over the estate. And it so happened that the person who made the most noise couldn't and wanted to be the personal representative of the estate, could not because He had a felony. You Mm. cannot be an executor or an administrator of an estate here in the state of Texas if you have a felony. So Mm. that ruled him out, okay? So that's at the first instance. Finally got someone appointed. So now all of the siblings do not want this business. Two of them want to be bought out. Mm. Because in in Texas, when you die without a will, we have a specific statute that your your assets are distributed according to the the laws of intestacy. And in this case, the five siblings were the heirs. And so they each get a fifth of this business along with all of the other properties. Now, two of them did not want any part of this business. So... Where do you get the money to buy them out? Mm. You know, that's, that's, that's important because um, how is that business valued? He did not have any books or records. Oh, wow. It's just very informal. You, know, you have inventory, mops and buckets and cleaning supplies, and, but he had a contract. Mm-hmm. So who takes care of that contract in the meantime? They were not interested. He had some, well, not employees, independent contractors that cleaned this particular building that he had a contract for. He just had this one building, but it was multi-story. So um, people needed to be paid. Supplies needed to be purchased. You know, so you have to think about all of this when someone dies. What if one of those heirs were disabled and on government benefits? They would lose their benefits, like Medicaid. Oh, wow. If they were to inherit one-fifth of that business, that would take them over that 2,000 asset limit, which it certainly would have. And so that's why it's so important to plan accordingly. So for this particular person, let's say it had been planned correctly, what would have needed to be done? So he would have needed a will for sure, dictating what happened to his business. He needed to have a succession plan in place to determine who was going to take over the business and lead it or sell it. And at least if that had been done, and he had appointed someone through his will, 
number one, probate would not have been so expensive. Number two, he would have had a seamless, his business would have had a seamless transition if he had done the business succession planning in addition to having his will to dictate who gets his business or what happens, what, what if he wanted it to be sold? So then it needed to have some value and things needed to be done to get his assets and financial um, statements in order so that it would set up at least a starting point to, to have his business value because it had some value. Mm-hmm. But what mm-hmm. was it? Because a business value is not just the assets that you can see, right? He had a lot of firsthand knowledge about the business, goodwill. Right. There's a value to that. And um, so that really drives home the point why it's so important to have an estate plan in place in addition to having a succession and, you know, Jessica, I'm thinking, um, so there were five siblings and two of them wanted to be bought out. So they would have gotten one fifth, but one fifth of what? Well, you know, exactly. And so what the only thing we had to go on was what was left that we could value that we can see. Mm hmm. So you know what was in the bank account. At least there was some stuff, some money in the bank account. Mm -hmm. And there were several CDs. And all of that wasn't the business, though. Right. Right. So some of that is just personal stuff. But for the business, at least there was a business account, a business checking account. He had a business savings account. So at least we could look at the value of the the account, try to value the equipment. And um, he had a sander, several sanders, um, Mm -hmm. vacuum cleaners, um, different types of um, vacuums to clean different types of flooring, Mm -hmm. supplies. Mm -hmm. So you have to take a guesstimate of what that was worth. And um, that was the only way to do it. Well. In a case like that, I I could see that someone would have worked all their life and at the end with no plan, everything would just disintegrate. It would be gone. Exactly. And is that what you want to happen to your business that you work right. so hard for? No, you don't. Right. You want it to carry on. And even if you don't want it to carry on at least, it has some value. Sure. That can be passed on to your children, if you have children, or if you don't, to your loved ones, to your friends, or to charity. Uh, or to That's charity. That's exactly right. Yep. Yep, exactly. Exactly. Do you have a story, Jessica, of where it went right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I had a client that passed away a couple of years ago that I had done some estate planning for, and... Um, he had a real estate company as well as a consulting company. And the real estate company um, was set up as a um, partnership, an LLC, well, treated as an LLC, treated as a partnership for um, tax purposes. It was an LLC. And, um, and so he had done the right thing by um, 
spelling out in his will who got that interest because that's how you would do it. You would leave your membership interest, your share. It's community property state. So if you're married, remember, you cannot give more than you have. So if you're married, you give your share, your community property share of your business interest. In this case, it was an LLC. So his community property share went to his wife, who was then able to transfer after all of the debts had been paid, to transfer on a sign those interests to herself as the, who's also the executor of the estate, to herself as the um, now new owner of his community property interest. And so, you know, it's, you also have to take into consideration, let me just point this out, if you have a business interest, it's not just your will that dictates what happens. It's also your documents, your business documents, your partnership agreement, your LLC agreement that dictates what happens to your share if you die. Mm -hmm. So along with doing your will, look back at those documents to see how it says it should be handled. And if you have to change it, you can't amend it, not how you want it to be. And so in this case, it was seamless transition. She was already involved in the business, so she knew what to do. It carried on as if he was still there, mm. and that's what you want to happen. So in a case, in this case, he had a will. The business plan was really, even though he really didn't have it written in this case, but he had someone close to him that knew the business, that knew what to do if something were to happen to him. He had all those documents drawn up. If he were to become incapacitated, she would step in and handle it. He had transferred the business to her in his will, his business interests, his share, his community property share. So she then was able to have those shares transferred through the state administration process and carried on that business seamlessly. So it can be done. You just need to prepare and protect your business now while you are alive and can do it. Mm-hmm. Jessica, we're getting close to the end of the show, um, but before we go any further, if someone's listening thinking, oh, I need some help here, how would they get in touch with you to uh, start the process of whether it's putting together, maybe they just want to put together their their business entity and start the will and the estate planning. How would they get in touch with you to find out more information about working with you? Certainly, my office number is 281-969-8911. Cell number is 281-253-7239. And um, you can email me as well, jessica at jsrimerlaw.com. I have a website www.jsreimerlaw.com and I'm also on social media Facebook um, LinkedIn so on and so forth okay very good very good so Jessica if someone's listening and um, they really don't know where to begin 
what would be your advice to them? What is it that they need? What would be the first step that you would tell them um, before they even make that phone call to you? What should they have um, have considered? Okay, if you are a small business owner, there are several things you can do in the next few days to just get things in order. First, and I'm going to go back to the insurance coverage because those are so important for small business owners. So know your liability limits for your personal coverage and for your business coverage and know what it will cost you to replace assets if you were to lose them in a casualty. We have them all the time here in Houston. Understand your business interruption insurance if you were to become disabled or something else stops your business like a storm. What else might happen? Know who the owner and the beneficiary of, of your insurance policy is. A lot of people don't know. A lot of people may not have anybody designated as beneficiaries to those policies. How much coverage do you have and do you need? Um, get a physical. Know what your physical state is. That's the biggest thing you can do to protect your business no. right now. Protect your health. Know how your assets are titled. Prepare or put in place a payable on death beneficiary on those checking and savings accounts. Anything that you can designate a beneficiary to, do it now. Then start thinking about who you want to leave your business to, who that person is that you can speak to, that can handle your business skill-wise, especially if you were to become incapacitated or pass away. Who is that person that you can lean on, that you can share your business values with, that you trust to take care of your business or sell it for you or sell it for your state, that is. Um, then know who you're going to... Um, Know what happens if you need to get more asset protection for your current assets for your business, whether you need to create a trust or a um, oh, will will suffice. Mm -hmm. So then you make an appointment to get that will and trust done or trust. It doesn't have to be both. It can be. Um, set up appointments to have that done. Um, so, you know, you put a succession plan and please just start with what do you want people to know about your business you know what about your business sense and integrity how do you make decisions Jessica Those this has been needs. so much information so helpful and folks I hope you were taking some notes because I certainly was I've got a couple of pages <laughs> of notes here Jessica and but there's just so much <laughs> that you know, your average person couldn't possibly know how to do this on their own. And that's why it's important for um, for small business owners and individuals to turn to someone like you that really does know the ins and outs and, and, um, and how to get all of that in place and secure. Um, again, we're down to the end of the show, Jessica, but one more time, um, how can people reach you? 
you can reach me at my phone number direct, 281-969-8911. My cell, 281-253-7239. Email jessica at jsrimerlaw.com. Website, www.jsrimerlaw.com. And I'm also on social media, Facebook, LinkedIn, um, so on and so forth. Jessica, I know that we didn't we didn't even touch the the tip of the iceberg here. So I would love to invite you back on the show, uh, maybe in a few months, and let's talk about another aspect here because there's so much knowledge you have that could help small business owners out there. Would you be open to coming back? I would love to, Linda. Wonderful. It's always great to share and impart knowledge. Um, Knowledge really is power. Yeah, it definitely is. Jessica, thanks again for being such a valuable um, guest here on the show. And I look forward to having you back on the show and learning more. Thank you so much for having me. It's been such a blast visiting with you and sharing um, knowledge. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. So, folks, I hope that you were taking some notes. If you weren't, you can certainly listen to the recording of the show again. But there is so much as a small business owner that, you know, maybe we forget about. Maybe we put it on that back burner because we're focused on sales. And that's where our focus ends up being so many times is, you know, focusing on sales. But you can see where planning for the future is certainly um, a big part of protecting your company. As always, I leave you with a quote. This is a quote by Alan Lakin. It goes like this, planning is bringing the future into the present so you can do something about it now. It's exactly what today's conversation was with Jessica, talking about bringing that future into the present so you can do something about it today. Folks, thanks so much for being with me today on All Things Franchising, and I'll see you next time. Another great episode of All Things Franchising is now in the books. You can listen to past shows by following All Things Franchising on Facebook and Twitter. Thank you for joining us today, and be sure not to miss us next time when we bring you a brand new episode of All Things Franchising.